In today's episode, we're speaking to the amazing Kelsey Ater. Kelsey is a best-selling author, a transformational facilitator in the personal development space who has helped thousands of women upgrade their lives and love themselves through the process with her books, blogs, online courses, one-on-one coaching, international retreats, and podcasts. Let's speak to Kelsey and find out how she changed her life by changing her mindset. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame, and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today I'm so, so excited. We're speaking to the beautiful, the charming Kelsey Ada. Welcome, Kelsey. Thank you. Thanks for having me and for calling me beautiful and charming. <laughs> thank you. so. Well, you are beautiful. For those who are watching YouTube can see that. Um, but thank you, Kelsey, for coming and joining us today. Kelsey, everyone's heard your intro. They know how fabulous you are. But please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. Yeah. So first and foremost, I write inspirational books that help people's lives be better. I'm super passionate about helping people. And I usually work mostly with women, but all people are included, to manifest their dream life, to live super intentionally. And in that process, which involves a lot of healing and becoming, to love themselves radically. So really, my clients and my readers, my podcast listeners, they call me like a self-love guru slash like manifesting queen. Um, But really, I'm just a person who is super into personal development, spirituality, and I've always had a gift and a knack for synthesizing information and making it really easy for people to absorb, use, and I definitely have some natural healing abilities and channeling abilities in the mix. So really, I've just dedicated my life to this work of helping people improve their quality of life, love their life, live their best life, and love themselves through the process. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. So Kelsey, talk us through your journey. I mean, I'm a healer myself. And my experience is those those who hurt the most, those who've had the most traumatic experience in life, end up taking care of others, you know, the best way possible, they end up being the best healers. So talk us through your journey and how you where, where did you, you know, how did you start? And how did you end up because you're, you're still very, very young? How did you end up being a healer, pretty much? I mean, you, whatever way you, you want to define it, in, in a nutshell, the word I would use to describe you is a healer. And so how did you end up being a healer in a spiritual world that too? Yeah, great question. So my story, I mean, it begins all the way back when I was born, but like the interesting part began when I was in my late teens, early adulthood, and I was suffering from depression. And it was like the perfect storm of like hormonal imbalance, lacking the tools to like process emotions or like have emotional intimacy with myself not really feeling super connected to the people around me. And at the same time as all that was going on, I was told that I couldn't pursue my like dream of being a professional ballerina because I was suffering all these injuries. And it was just like the perfect 
psychological, hormonal, and like circumstantial storm to just like help me slip into the hole that is depression. And I was kind of stuck in that place for a good like three years. And in that time, I was, well, it's interesting how it happens, right? Because anyone who's depressed knows that you don't just like become depressed overnight. It's like a sneaky, slippery yeah. slope. So first you become like more irritable and then you're like more angry and then you're like less interested in other people and then you're less interested in the things you used to love and then you're less interested in life. And then all of a sudden you're miserable and you're like, wait, what happened? <laughs> Why do I feel like SHIT all the time? Like, this is not what it's meant to be. I can't just have come here just to be miserable and die. Like that can't be the purpose of life. So I was really just like confused, mad at God, not having a good time. And at some point in that three years towards the end, I just was like so sick and tired of feeling bad. I was like, okay, universe, God, spirit team, like help me out, help a girl out, send me some resources. Like I need to figure out how to feel good. Otherwise I'm just going to keep like daydreaming about suicide. And this is not like a sustainable way to live. Mm. So I gave my ultimatum and in that ultimatum, of course, my prayers were answered and I started just having the right perspectives put in front of me, having the right resources made available to me. People were helping me. I was seeing a therapist. Um, I was seeing a shaman. I was not wanting to use medicine to get better because birth control was part of the reason why my hormones were so out of whack. So I was like mm -hmm. scared of taking anything. And I slowly but surely was able with all the tools and resources that were sent my way learn how to enjoy my life, how to mm. change my perspective, how to feel good, how to tap into my power, how to create what I wanted in life, how to be empowered. And in that, I just got like lit up and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to teach this to the whole world. <laughs> and that's when I decided I wanted to be an author. And I was like, I'm going to be the next Next, Deepak Chopra, I'm going to write a million self-help books. I have so much to share, so much to teach. And yeah, that's kind of my story in a nutshell. So how did you, that, that thank you for sharing that. That's really, really wonderful to hear. And it's, I, I know, because I have a teenager at the moment, when as teens, you're going through such turmoil, it feels like you're all, you have the hormonal issues anyway, but right. add all the additional pressure on top of that. And, you know, when we haven't got into the deep reasons why you were in that place, but whatever the reasons behind it, you feel alone and you feel unworthy and you feel, okay, what's the bloody point? And you haven't, you don't, you, you don't have those dreams yet because you don't have the maturity to understand what dreams and goals are, which can pull you out of such situations. At the same time, you know, everything else is alien and nobody understands who you are and your pain and so forth. I, I get that quite a lot and I, it's it's quite um, heartbreaking, but I'm so glad that you, you know, you found, well, when not ask for help from a device with energy, help comes your way. I always say that help comes from some direction, sometimes unknown, and help is there, light is there available as long as you ask. This is so crucial. You have to ask for help. You know, nobody comes and helps you unless you ask, and that includes God. I, I've, I've noticed that, you know, you have to, even if you don't work, vocalize it, even if you in your heart of heart, just say, God, help me. That's enough for you to send a signal out to the universe and the universe to respond back to you. So that's so powerful. Now, it's all well and good and be able to do this for yourself. 
it's a whole new ball game when you start putting things in a pen to paper um, and also trying to get clients from it. So how did you make a business out of it? How did you make this into a win-win situation? And I want to put something out here, especially for those who are, you know, spiritual beings, because as soon as you add bi- the word business to spirituality, it we make it dirty somehow. Like, oh, you're trying to make money from it? How dare you? And I'm thinking, hang on, dude, that's probably the best way to make money. Because instead, <laughs> right. of, you know, instead of feeding you a million, you know, dollars worth of, you know, medicated pills and other else and trying to, you know, help you out of stress and whatever else. If I charge you a certain amount of money and help you change your mindset and help you to live a happier, more abundant life, not just in financially, but spiritually and in relationships, that's surely worth a billion bucks compared to a million that you're going to spend on, on your pills. Amen. Right? Yep. So, and that's why I want to I want to say that this having a business out of it is not dirty. It means you're finding a way that you're able to serve people and help them at a greater, deeper level compared to the physical, you know, the normal conventional um, you know, psychiatrist or the pills, which, you know, like, uh, you know, Prozac or whatever the hell they um, sort of prescribe. But that's that's a whole new ballgame, darling. So how did you go from being healed to sharing a story and becoming an author and making profit from that and then going on to actually serve clients and saying, you know what, I could do this for myself. I can help you and I can charge you money for it too. There's, there's so many steps here that are, you know, I want to cover because you don't go yeah. overnight, I'm going to charge because even that requires mental work and mindset work. So talk us through how you went, you know, how was your journey from self-healing to profitably healing other people? Yeah, that's a great question. It was really like a blossoming, like a flower blossoming is the best way I can describe how my passion turned into ultimately like this multifaceted business. So just to take people into my business model a little bit in the present, um, most of my income from my healing business comes from my self-love retreats. So I host women's retreats in Mexico, uh, which is like one of my favorite things. And I also have some coaching clients here and there, but I'm not like seeing clients all the time. That's more a limited practice that I do because I like to keep it small and intimate. And then income from the books, um, income from online courses, a little bit of income from my podcast. Um, and then I'm getting more into like speaking gigs and things like that now. So just to kind of give a brief overview of how it looks today. And now I'll like rewind us to where it started. So in the beginning, I was like, okay, I want to write these books. I'm going to be in the next Gabby Bernstein. I'm going to be the next Deepak Chopra, but nobody knows who I am. So I can't just write a book and put it out in the world because nobody will buy it and no one will read it. And it's all going to be in vain. And for me, like some authors are happy to just write a book, just to write a book. I'm not happy just to write a book. I need it to be read. The whole point of me writing it is so that people receive it and the medicine is spread throughout the world. So I'm like, okay, I got to get people to read this book. Let me start a blog. I'm going to write about anxiety, depression, healing, mindset, manifestation, self-love, build an email list. You know, this is what I was learning at the time. Build an email list, you know, build a following on social media. And then when I go to publish the book, there will be people ready and excited to read it. So that was kind of how it started. First with the blog, then after like, maybe it was like a year of blogging, I eventually self-published my first book. And then after the first book, it kind of all escalated because then I started landing like some other book deals, which now I've written five books, three of which are with Simon & Schuster. And then I, I wanted to start the retreats. This was right before the pandemic. This was like 20. 20 
January, I think it was, or February that I had my first ever retreat. And my grandmother owns this gorgeous luxury Airbnb property in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico that she had just bought, renovated. It was so cool. And I noticed that all these yoga teachers were renting it out to host retreats there. And I was like, well, how about I host a retreat here? Like I've been teaching all this stuff online. I've been writing <laughs> about it in books. Like what I haven't really done is a lot of this work with people in person. So let me host a retreat here. I know all the best things to do. I've been vacationing in this area my whole life. Like I can put together a great week, make it about women, self-love, their healing journey, yada, yada. And in that, I wanted to make my retreats really special and really activating for people in a way that was like sustainable, not so much like come do yoga for a week, feel amazing, and then go back to your horrible life. More like, okay, how can we activate you and open open you and then integrate everything that happened into your life and help you change your life after. So I was like, okay, I need to add coaching to this retreat, but this is before I was a coach. So I was like, everyone who comes to the retreat, I'm going to offer them a month of coaching with me so I can keep working together with people in a one-on-one context after the retreat. So when I did that, after a month of working with everyone, some of the women were like, oh my God, we can't stop working together. This is the best work ever. My life is totally changing. Like you're helping me so, so much. So like, I know this is our last session, but can we keep working together? And I was just like, well, yeah, if you want to pay me more, that's cool. Like we can keep working together. (laughs) So we kind of just, I just put out a price that I felt that was fair and we just started there. And now I see coaching clients, usually people who have already come to my retreats, but sometimes new people who hear and resonate with my story on a podcast or something like that. So now it's really blossomed into all these different books, a podcast that my friend reeled me, like linked me in on something I was manifesting for a long time. And one day she's just like, Hey, I want to do this podcast, but I don't want to do it by myself. Like do it with me. And I was like, Oh, here's my podcast. Just like right on time, you know? So it all just happened like step-by-step incrementally. I never really wanted to be a coach. I always wanted to be an author because in my mind, especially at such a young age, I was like, the more people I can help, the better. And like, there's only one of me. Mm. So if I write it in a book, you know, I can help thousands or millions. But once I started working with people more intimately and one-on-one, I was like, oh, this is different. This is a different kind of fulfilling for me to really help an individual and see them progress and see the differences. So to answer your question, over the last probably six or seven years, it's kind of blossomed step by step from just the blog to books and then the podcast and then the retreats and then the coaching um, and sprinkle a couple online courses in there throughout the years. And here we are. <laughs> I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. The question that comes to my mind is, and it's a logical question, what gave you the confidence to know that the message you have, I know you say you wanted to be the next uh, Gary Bernstein or Deepak Chopra, But where did you get the confidence to know that the message you have was worth reading, was something that people needed and they need to read that? And the reason why I asked that is because there are so many brilliant authors out there and there's a message inside every single one of them and they 
they talk themselves down and they, they the doubts come forward and they're like, well, who's going to read this? And why do they you know, have to listen to you? And I had that. So I wrote, I wrote my book. I've only got it one so far. The, I haven't had the time to get the others. There's other books that, that need to come out for me, but they haven't, haven't given birth to them yet. Yes. But I remember when I, and I'm a very articulate person. I've been a public speaker for the longest time ever. But when I wrote it and I'm dyslexic, oh my God, did self-sabotage come and bite my backside and, you know, doubt and imposter syndrome. They all just came and attacked me with everything, you know, everything within them. And I thought, oh my God, people are going to read this book and they realize I'm such a fraud. I'm so rubbish at this and that and that, whatever. So hang on. The point being, you, all your doubts about yourself and what message you have and the, the validity of your message. And, you know, even there, you know, people saying, oh, you play right. I don't know who, from who you're, you're copying someone. or all these thoughts come to your mind because, you know, normally people do when people, you know, try to break an individual. How did you overcome all of that self-doubt to be able to print it at a young age? Because I'm a lot older than you and I, I suffered from this. What gave you the confidence saying, no, my message is worth reading and people who are younger or older than me need to listen and read this message? Yeah, that's a great question. And people have come at me before, like, who are you to help people? You're so young. And I'm like, well, I didn't know there was an age limit to be helpful. Sorry. <laughs> you know, like you're the right. haters will yeah. the haters will come out. They'll be like, oh, you're only this, that, and this age. They don't even know how old I am. They're just like, oh, you're only this age. How can you be helpful? How can you have wisdom? You don't have any life experience, blah, blah, blah. And the truth is, like, for me, I just validate myself in like, um, the degree of life, right? I didn't even go to college, okay? I went to beauty school because I was gonna go to college to be a dancer and then I couldn't and I didn't know what to do and I wanted to be an artist and creative and work with my hands and I was always a great beautician, like beautifying everyone in my family uh, for dance recitals, for Nutcracker, for competitions. And my parents encouraged me to be a hairstylist because I was already good at it. So I was like, okay, I'll just try that. I can always go to school later if I don't like it. So I'm someone who has like, technically zero credential, right? Except I say that God gave me the credentials of life because mm -hmm. it takes a certain type of person to heal from depression and learn how to thrive on the other side. It takes a certain type of person to turn their life from one of pain into pleasure. And I know that in my mastery and what's worked for me and what now helps so many of my clients and readers and podcast listeners, that it's true. And it's the truth. And Think of it this way, too, because a lot of times people have self-doubt because they're like, oh, I didn't get some credential. I didn't get some certification. Yeah. Who am I to say this, that and this? Well, listen, if everybody had a certification or a credential to do what they're doing, everybody would be doing the same thing that's always been done. Mm -hmm. Everyone would be getting the same certification, the same messaging, the same training, and there would never be any new thought or creation. So who's to say that you having a credential, not to poop on people with credentials, there's obviously value to it, depending on the circumstance. But if everybody got certified to do something good, one, there's too much gatekeeping there. And two, there would never be new thought. There would never be new ways of doing things. We would just keep perpetuating all the same. Mm. So that's another thing. And also, even if you are someone out there who is teaching things that you have learned from other people, there's not a lot of new helpful stuff like in the ethers. Like we're always coming back to the basics, right? So it's yeah. not that you have to like reinvent the wheel here. Mm -hmm. It's that certain people are going to resonate with your message and the way that you tell it. 
in the way that your story is, in the way that you explain it, in the words that you use, in the vibration that you offer. Mm. So even if you're teaching the same thing as another teacher, it's not the same because it's coming through you and from you, from your unique lens with your unique fingerprint on it. And that might resonate with someone more than the other person. So who's Mm -hmm. to say that you can't also be teaching something awesome, even if it's a well-known thing or other people are talking about it. If you feel inspired and called to teach it, there are people out there asking to hear it from you. Agreed, 100%. I mean, I couldn't agree with that more. I think that's so well put. Everyone may say what seems to be the same message, but everyone has their own unique twist on it. And I'll give an example of a recipe. You can have the same you know, cookie dough recipe that three different people make. And based on who they are, they could follow the exact same recipe and come up with three different type of cookie doughs. It's just simple as that. And even though they use the same sort of flour and the same quantities and whatever else, but their hands and the energy they put into each of those uh, cookie doughs is going to be different. So if that's the case with the recipes, and we all know this, it's not the, the necessarily the recipe, it's the person who makes it, which counts. And that's why it's so important. We all say this in our, in our culture, it's not the it's not the dish, it's the hand that makes it, that makes gives it the taste, right? Yes. If that's the case, then why is the message any different? You're absolutely right. The words you say carry a different vibration when they come from your mouth, from your energy, from your physical body, because we are vibrational beings. And it could be there's two individuals there and one may resonate with you, Kelsey, one may resonate with me. And we may say the exact same thing. The message could be identical. We may read a scripture from the Bible or the Quran. You and I both read the same exact lines. But your message may hit the heart from one person and my message may hit the heart to another person. And it doesn't make you or I, me, either of us wrong or right. It just means we resonate with different people at different times, which means this idea that people have, they're, oh, everybody's become a coach or everyone's doing the same thing and the, the, the market's saturated, is a complete falsity. There's more than enough marketplace for everyone to be able to come and learn and be able to be taught from because... Not everyone's going to resonate with Kelsey. Not everyone's going to resonate with Go. And that's that's how the market works. This is the beauty of coaching industry, that different people have different needs. And only there can be people out there who can only resonate with me. There are people out there who will only resonate with you, irrespective of our years of experience. So I'm, this is why I asked you, because this is one thing which I remember when I first started out, plagued me a lot. And mine became because I was like, well, why would they listen to me as a spiritual leader? I'm a, I'm a lawyer. I can think, what the hell is a lawyer doing here? You know, well, you know, and also because as a lawyer, I'm used to having those credentials behind my name. You know, that yeah. year's experience, and I worked here, and I got this degree, and I have these grades, and blah blah blah. Though those that degree, those those, and the the where where I got my degree from as well. You know, the University of London, whatever. All of those things actually gave me validation and proved to people that I am a lawyer. I'm worthy of calling myself a lawyer. I didn't have that as a coach. <laughs> um, in this is why you're you you know you have to lean into yourself and work out what message do I have for people and what do I want to do and this is what you've done beautifully and I think that's that's something that needs to be celebrated because that takes maturity and yes you are very young but you're young in age not in maturity and that's something that we have to understand there's people who are 60 who are still immature and there are people who are in the 20s and they've mature the maturity of a 6 year old so I, somebody said to me yesterday, 
age doesn't necessarily give make you know make you wise, um, which is absolutely true. And youth doesn't make you dumb, right? So it's it's the individuals, and that's why you've proved, and that's wonderful. So if we wrap this up, I, I want to. Do you have any any parting message for anybody who is, you know, in the teens or the twenties, and they think I have this message, I can help some people, but who would listen to me? You know that 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 question we just addressed. What would advice would you give that in, young individual? Yeah, I would say first of all, you don't have to know it all in order to help someone. Agree. You just have to know one helpful thing. <laughs> And you only have to be one or two steps ahead of the person you're trying to help, right? You don't have to have it all figured out. So if you're feeling the call, if you're feeling the pull, if you want to help other people, don't poop on your dreams and convince yourself that you're not old enough or you're not having enough credentials or you're not whatever enough. Like if you're feeling the call, you have to follow your heart. So do that. Also, don't listen to the because they're going to come out and they're going to be like, you're too young, you're too this, you're too that, you're too that. So what? If you know that you're doing good work in the world and you're seeing that firsthand, that's all you need to validate yourself. Like, for example, today I was on a coaching call and every time I get off a coaching call, I'm like, man, this work is so powerful. Like, I just watch people transform before my eyes. And I'm like, how cool that this is what I get to do, right? So it's like, the more you do it, the more you're going to feel confident in it also. So don't stop yourself before you can build the confidence, build the confidence by doing it. Wonderful. I love that. Build your confidence by doing it. That's the only way you can. Otherwise, you will be stuck in the thinking phase and not actually in the action phase. So Kelsey, tell us, how can we connect with you? Where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me at KelseyAida.com. You can find most of my books at pretty much any major book retailer. If you just search Kelsey Aida, you'll see all my books pop up. You can also find me on my podcast, High Vibe in It, which is a great free resource. Um, And yeah, everything else is on my website, the retreats, the books, the courses, the blogs. So that's where you can find me. And social media, I'm just Kelsey Aida on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. I'm mostly on Instagram. Wonderful. And so if you're listening to us on the podcast, the links that Kelsey just mentioned would be in the show notes. And if you're watching on the new down below in the description section, we will have a link to go check her out and see. Actually, go check her out books. Um, and I'll be checking them out on Amazon as well. Go check them out and see if there's a message in there that you can hear or is, is talking to you. I always find that books always call out to me. I normally scroll through books and there could be a bunch of books. And somebody was some one or two would just jump at me. So see if there's a book out there that Kelsey's written that's written just for you. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to us. And thank you so much, Kelsey, for being such an amazing guest today. We have to have you back on Money Talkies. But today, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to me and Kelsey today on a Friday feature. I will be back with another amazing guest, finding out how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, 
loads of money from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.